This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Remember to check out the podcast, subscribe using your favorite podcast platform. Check out our program, maybe give us a rating and review. It's the Kelly and Rumya podcast, if you would. We're available on your favorite podcast platform. You can hear the show in segment form or listen to the complete podcast itself. We throw on an audio vanity card today provided to us by Rumya, who is uh, not with us today on the program, uh, but to hopefully return on, on Monday. She's a little under the weather. With me, Grant Hardy. He, of course, is in Vancouver. And we welcome in Beth Deere from Edmonton. We call this segment Cut for Time. And we've all selected something from the program from the past week that we kind of want to say a little more for. It's times when we have conversations on the show and we know, looking at the clock, okay, that's enough of that. Let's move on. Uh, This is our opportunity to bring some of those things up as well as give you some ideas of things to check out via the podcast. On Tuesday's program, Rummy and I had a bit of a conversation about hair and skin uh, care routines. Uh, Here's a little snippet of that conversation we had just before we jumped into our veterinarian segment. When we were talking about skincare earlier in the day with each other, Kels, you mentioned coconut oil. Did you um, put coconut oil in your hair? Was that something that your yep. family did? Yeah? Yeah, my family did. We we used the coconut oil and... Uh, you know, it, it was it was it was always nice because I'd go to the barber and it just seemed the thing to do. <laughs> That's the guy that used the electric steel afro comb too oh, when I had yeah. an afro, right? And the first wait, time he wait, ever wait, used wait. it, wait, electric steel afro comb? <laughs> yeah, he'd plug it in to heat it up. I right? didn't know and there were afro combs that were electric. Okay. Man, he scared me the first time. I didn't know, and he picked it up. I heard this click, and all of a sudden, there was heat on my forehead, hit my forehead, and I jumped because it was like he didn't say, I'm going to use this on you. He just forgot to tell me, the blind guy. Hey, here I come with this hot thing, and it's going to go right, and it went into my afro. "Ah!" And and the hair almost, it just stands right up because it reacts to it just beautifully, right? Oh, after that, I loved it. So this is Black History Month. And as we had that conversation, a few things uh, dawned on me um, that took me back to uh, everything that happened post the death of George Floyd. So how do I connect the two? Well, uh, first of all, I want to say that he put the comb in his hole, in its holder, the Afro comb, to heat it up. This gentleman was hired by my barber to be able to handle cutting black person hair in London, Ontario, in the early 80s. Different environment than London has now. I was born and uh, raised till I was about six in Montreal. When we started having discussions when George was, was killed, one of the things we started to talk about is, is the situation for black Canadians. We were hearing and seeing a lot in the United States. So I really had to stop and think, because a couple of members of our team felt a little uncomfortable as white people, not sure about where they stood, what they should know, feel, or viewpoints. You know, obviously, the viewpoints of human beings and being good to each other, that's a no-brainer for all of us. We know that kind of thing. But I know for myself, I've always struggled, especially when I've been around and working in Toronto, uh, other black people who come from maybe the islands, uh, Jamaica, wherever it might be, and their heritage. For me, being fifth or so generation Canadian, it always left me saying, no, I'm, I'm Canadian. 
Oh, yeah, but triple I'm Canadian, first and foremost. In recent years, I've had opportunities to speak on panels during uh, Black History Month. I think this is wonderful. It's been an opportunity for me to listen and learn, to hear. I mean, I've known stuff, especially being in London, Ontario, where the end of the Underground Railway uh, was here. Um, and so many people have started. I've been to North Buxton and been part of celebrations there outside of Chatham and, you know, in the black community when I was a child. But again, not knowing a lot. My parents tried to teach me what they could, but again, they were kind of facing the same thing. My mom from Nova Scotia, my dad originally from Ottawa. So for us to feel what maybe somebody down in the United States is feeling, somebody coming in to live in Toronto or Montreal from Haiti, we, we weren't quite there with some of that stuff, as people have been here, not as, as immigrants. So I find sometimes when we get into these conversations, I talk coconut oil, I talk about that, um, of my experience as a person, as a, as a black person. Of course, originally I'd start thinking, do I have anything to say? And I think it was very helpful. I was in a play, uh, and we were the play subject matter was about the life of black porters on the trains here in Canada. And it was an eye-opener. Um, it allowed me to feel part of a community that I certainly didn't know as much as I did the blind community and start feeling that need to learn as much as we talk about in Canada, learning about the, the, so many different things, whether it's the Jewish community, Indigenous communities. I had to myself say and admit what I may or may not know, but also still embrace who I am and not feel a guilt for not, uh, not really knowing a heck of a lot, Grant. Yeah, I mean, you covered a, a lot of ground there, and I think you're absolutely correct what you were saying. You know, for other members of the team, I don't think, when we talk about viewpoints, I certainly would hope that nobody, you know, sort of has the viewpoint that pointless, horrifying violence like what happened in 2020 is in any way mm -hmm. acceptable or can be don't con condoned. But yeah, I mean, definitely, I think challenging my own perceptions of sort of like, when is it appropriate to speak up and voice my views versus, you know, just listening to what people who are maybe more marginalized than, than I am are, are, are saying. And also just to reflect, I guess, on a little more of our history and culture that you know, when when I grew up, I grew up, grew up in a climate where it was believed that Canadians were, you know, very polite and welcoming. You know, multicultural, right? That's always what people have said about our 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 country. Uh, you know, this and that, and of course, absolutely, we like to think that individuals are. But I think definitely, you can't be complacent and assume that Canadians aren't racist we know that we have our own horrible history of violence and oppression against uh, marginalized people as as someone put it on a, a forum that i was on once is a good quote it was something like uh you know typical they were saying this in response to someone you know typical canadian racism polite and with a smile but still still racist i know it sounds terrible but i i think just entering into a new climate where there's awareness. That's number one. Number two, violence cannot exist or cannot be tolerated. And yeah, just listening to these voices who keep trying to tell us things, Beth. 
Yeah, I think you uh, actually summed it up there, Grant, when you said, like, still racy- racism, even though it does come, like, with politeness and a smile. Um, I was actually really fortunate growing up to have one teacher who always, his name was Mr. Gopala, and he was amazing. And he uh, he always made a very big point of teaching us about and telling us stories about his childhood growing up in England as a black man and some of the stuff that he would tell us was you know heartbreaking at times but I and like he was trying so hard to educate us and the stuff he taught me it really really sticks sticks with me Kelly did you have anyone like big in your life like that that Showed you the ropes, if you will. Like I would get no, not in the black community. I I mean, I mean, I met some teenagers that gave me some of their insight. I, I, you know, we had family friends. I think really just my parents. But the the Mm -hmm. the lessons I learned of black at that time were as a black Canadian, and I think I had to get to where I accepted that. Hey, that's okay. That's my heritage. For sure. Anyway, Beth, go ahead. Okay, so sticking with Tuesday, wow, this week has gone insanely fast. Um, Francis Wong joined us to talk about the difference between CT scans and MRIs. In this clip, she explains the difference between the two and how they work. Yes, so let's start with CT scans or CAT scans. CT stands for computed tomography and CAT scan scan stands for computerized axial tomography. So they're similar to an x-ray, but go further than that by combining x-rays with computer technology. So we're able to get detailed images of the inside of the body, including bones, muscles, fat, organs, and blood vessels. CT scans can also be done in preparation for surgeries, and sometimes they may use contrast dyes so that it's easier to locate abnormalities. Now, this segment just resonated with me just because recently I had a visit to the emergency room, and I was actually really impressed at, one, how thorough they were, and two, excuse me, how quickly I was able to get a CT scan. Um, And... It made me chuckle in the segment just because you guys started talking about the fact that, you know, people fall asleep in these machines. Now, I went to the emergency room at like half nine, 10 o'clock at night. I didn't get into a bed until I think half four, five o'clock in the morning. And, um, you know, I was awake pretty much all day until I had this CT scan because they were running tests and doing this, that and the other. And uh, the only sleep I had that day was in that machine. (laughs) Have either of wow. you had experience with CT scans or MRIs? Oh, boy, yeah. I was saying in the segment that I did one once with the university. They were doing a study, and I think right. they were looking for blind people. So I, I went in the MRI machine. The CT uh, scan I had when I went into the hospital complaining of dizziness. Uh, I went in by ambulance, and they sent me home saying inner ear th- situation. This was uh, 2019. I went back the next day with a headache. Then they ran me through the CT uh, scan to check, and I'd had a stroke. Um, I was very lucky. Um, they pointed out to me the reason they didn't catch it at first was I showed no signs of having a stroke. Um, I felt, gee, wow. when I was in the machine, that one, the the, the scan was a nice machine to be in. 
The MRI, mm -hmm. you know, again, the second time I went in one shortly after, um, I felt more claustrophobic. And, you know, of course, as a, as a big guy, I, I probably feel that. The first time when I went for the university study, absolutely no problem. Grant? I'm just always amazed. This makes me think of, you know, when you go into a lab for, let's say, a sleep test, and they're like, we're going to hook you up to all kinds of these weird wires and motors <laughs> and whatever, and we're going to do a test that, like, could potentially influence the rest of your life because we're going to make a determination and order a bunch of stuff. All right, let's turn the machine on, you know, and then it's like, okay, sweet dreams. And I always wonder, like, how do people, like, fall asleep if they're experiencing that but <laughs> beth beth as you said it's i don't know it's got to be that human spirit or maybe it's just a matter of being <laughs> so tired i think it was tired. just exhaustion that day yeah but man, exhaustion like, that was a great nap <laughs> well i'm i'm gonna call it the human spirit i, I I'll, i'm gonna give that to you i think i think you have to give yourself more credit than exhaustion but me i guess maybe that's part of it too you're just so tired that uh, you can ignore the the whirring and humming, etc. Uh, good times. Uh, moving on to Thursday's show, Fern Lullum spoke to us. That's yesterday, of course, about uh, attachment theory. Here she is explaining one of the four types. Well, secure attachment is the one that I'm always fascinated by because I'm not sure. This is why I kind of preface this with this is just a theory, because is anyone really completely secure? And the answer, I, you know, because I checked all of this, I did a bit of my research. The answer is no, nobody is completely secure in all situations at all times. Nobody uh -huh. is perfect, right? We're all just human. But if you are predominantly secure, you have a, a more secure attachment style than any of the others, it just means you're able to regulate your own emotions a bit better. You're able to have, you know, not necessarily not fights in relationships, but when fights and stress come up, you're you're able to handle it better, you know? So you, you're able to kind of go, oh, okay, I'm going to stay calm. I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to sort of think about how we can handle this and communicate in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And as Fern said, these are only ever theory. So it's not about adding additional stigma. It's just about helping people kind of sort out their, their own thoughts. I think this theory, along with something else that she alluded to about conflict, is so interesting. And we've, we've done training seminars at this company, I'm sure, Kelly, you remember, about like where you sit on the conflict scale, etc. I sit incredibly low. I hate conflict and avoid it with a passion, which I've always thought yeah. is uh ter terrific until you learn that like oops oh nothing really ever gets done though because any fight that comes up you know whatever and i'm just like oh crap you know what let's just let's just move on do something else but sometimes that ability to be secure enough to like bring up stuff that's going on really kind of hash it out between the two of you but do it in a really respectful way can be incredibly uh cool does anyone want to comment on that uh uh beth you want to comment on that yeah sure i mean really depends for me personally when it comes to conflict it depends what the situation is i'll be honest it depends on how much i actually care about it <laughs> um my dad always kind of taught me like be careful like what hill you want to die on so if if i'm passionate about something i i wouldn't say i love conflict but I, there's a little part of me that does enjoy a good back and forth. Um, but yeah, what about you, Kelly? I feel like you'd be someone that's really good with confrontation, but actually like <laughs> still being able to like be nice. That's where I yeah. struggle. 
<laughs> I, I think I, I've been able to be nice. I've been able to definitely speak straight out and from where I come from without fear of retribution of, you know, saying the wrong thing. I think I've, I've gotten elegant enough with that. But I think, Beth, like yourself, it's, do I really want to be bothered? I think as I've gotten mm -hmm. older, unfortunately, that times I feel like I just, eh, let it go. And there's things I've had to learn about, yeah, let that go. Pick the next battle. Guys, thank you very much. Appreciate both of you doing Cut for Time, Beth. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. We do Cut for Time on Fridays to wrap up our program. This edition give you some ideas of things to go check out via the podcast. When we return, we'll take a look at what's coming up um, over AMI TV and audio on the weekend. Interesting story on chocolate. Got to send you out with a sweet tooth for sure. Uh, over the weekend, we'll talk about some of the interesting facts about it after this on Cut for Time. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.